He was a morbidly obese surgeon destined for an operating table and an early death. Now he's a rebel MD who is fabulously fit and fighting to make America healthy again. This is Stay Off My Operating Table with Dr. Philip Ovedia. We're live. Hey, it's the Stay Off My Operating Table podcast with Dr. Philip Ovedia, I Fix Hearts at Twitter's. I'm the talking hairdo, Jack Heald. And uh, when I saw this guest's name show up on the, on the calendar, I went, woohoo, we've got Ed Lattimore today. Phil, I got to tell you, um, I real none of the people that we've ever talked to were people that I knew prior to meeting you, except for Ed Lattimore. I actually bought something from Ed, I don't know, three years ago, probably. Welcome to the show, Ed Lattimore. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, your name, I just I was looking at the Jack and I'm like, Jack Hill. I, I've seen the, I've seen it. Some yeah, names we, I've. We actually, no, several years ago, we actually exchanged a couple of three emails. So, but. Okay, that, uh, that makes sense. You have several orders of magnitude more Twitter followers than I do. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not offended. So, so normally the the folks we're talking to, Phil, are healthcare practitioners or somebody who's at least healthcare adjacent. Why do we have an ex-boxer on our show? Great question, Jack. But uh, yeah, really excited for this conversation and to have Ed on. Um, You know, I think we're going to discover through the course of this that Ed is certainly healthcare adjacent. Uh, but really comes at it from a very different angle, very different background. And I think his story um, around, uh, you know, just health, nutrition, and really, you know, messaging um, is uh, what I'm hoping we're able to educate the uh, audience on today. So, you know, in certain circles, I would certainly, I would say that Ed needs no introduction. As you said, he is very well known uh, in the Twitter sphere and in the social media world. Uh, but, you know, my audience may not be familiar with him as, as our circles uh, only kind of peripherally cross it would seem, uh, but hopefully they will know him well after today. Uh, so as you said, Ed's background, uh, very varied uh, professional boxer, uh, media influencer, highly successful business person, and I, you know, I'm looking forward to discovering how this all interacts with health, which it <laughs> very much does. Uh, but before we get too much into it, Ed, why don't you fill in a little bit of the details and introduce yourself to our audience? All right. I'm going to do the abridged version so I don't don't take up too much time, I hope. I'm Ed Lattimore. I, I guess my, my claim to fame is that, is that I was a, a boxer. Had a highly successful amateur career and turned pro and had had a, uh, some decent success and, and as a professional. But one of the things I realized right around the transition from amateur to professional is that that stuff would not last forever. And I needed to also make some changes in my personal life as well. Otherwise, I'd destroy myself. So in 2013, simultaneously, I turned professional, enlisted in the Army, and started sobriety. I've been sober now for it'll be nine years since December. And 
And also in 2014, I took my first class in school and ultimately graduated with a degree in physics at the age of 33. So I've been writing ever since. I was writing during my career as a boxer. I continue to write now. I'm, I'm on them this close to signing a pretty major book deal. And, and I'll continue to write and learn and educate myself on, on all things life, including including health and metabolism. That That's actually been one of my uh, most recent obsessions. So this is an awesome, awesome bit of timing. Well, tell finish the story that you that I stopped you from from telling before we were recording because I think that it it sounded like it was going to be fun. Oh no! Well, what I was saying is is I I I took some blood work because I I'm a big proponent of the earlier you you get in front of something the the more you're able to influence it. You know, if you if you take it a degree off five years out, you can drastically alter a thing. But if you leave it a degree uh modified or altered and you just let it go you can't see anything so i took the i took a massive blood test and and got really curious and, and the thing i noticed was my my fasting glucose was 92 my hemoglobin a1c was like was like 5.3 and and i also had high cholesterol but very low triglycerides so all of this i'm like this is crazy this is a mess so i just dug into everything i could to understand and learn how this was going about and that led me to realize that uh my fasting insulin as it kept creeping oh crap fasting glucose before i even get to the insulin uh metric my fasting glucose as it continued to creep up and my hemoglobin a1c was creeping up i was like okay i need to modified diet because at this time also i was i was entertaining the idea if i could drop the weight naturally without having to go through a a weight cut i'd fight again but at a later weight class but i could not get my body to go below 230 or my weight circumference to go below 37 by the way and i was like what is going on everything hey, i tried i'm six one. Oh boy six one two thirty there's a lot of muscle there, isn't there? Oh, oh, quite a quite a bit, you know. <laughs> but but I wanted to be be you I'm, know six four two oh five. Oh goodness, man! I wish I was six. You know what's nuts, man? My mom was five. Now my dad was six three, and I got short change. My sister is five eleven. I always tell her, I was like, if I was as tall as you are for a guy that you are for a girl, I'd be I'd be about six four, you know, or six four six five, and I just got short chains. But but I went through all of that, and it led me to discover all types of things. Uh, also, I, I really got tired of, of seeing the fitness bros on social media talk about how you can eat eat carbs and, and still lose weight, which is true. You can, but they need to. I, I felt they were being dishonest almost intentionally by not making the distinction between uh, refined carbs and and well, I guess the other type, I, I don't know what the, I, I know simple and complex. I don't know what the opposite of refined is when we talk about carbohydrates in this regard, when I use that adjective, but I got to press pause here real quick, Phil, I'm having so much fun because I feel like this is Ed and I are, are, we're on the same page here. I'm not, <laughs> but, I'm not you know, and trying just... to do this rapid translation of all the scientific stuff. And most of the time, our guests are like way over my head. And I got to uh, and say, please translate into English for me. So anyway, go ahead. I, I'm incredibly simple because if it's simple and it's easily transmittable and easily, yeah. to, easy to digest, you can, you can dig into the, the jargon and the specifics for your own 
entertainment. But if you want to transmit an idea and get it to stick, uh, you need to be able to simplify that idea and get to the to the bare bones essence of it. But uh, digging and all that, I realized, okay, little things I didn't think were making a difference. For example, I love popcorn. And popcorn is a relatively healthy car, but I would always have it at like 10 p.m. before bed. I was like, okay. That's causing an issue. We got it. We got to drop that. Okay. Uh, anytime uh, intermittent fasting probably is one of the, the single biggest things that changed my body's ability to release. First of all, anytime you, you fast, right, and your insulin goes below a certain point, you you start to uh, activate lipolysis, right? Where you, the, the fat comes out and, break, and it makes a huge difference, right? And then on top of that, so all of this is, is kicking. So so finally my weight, my weight starts getting smaller. And then like, I couldn't figure out, I, I Googled it. It's amazing. You think Google is this big reservoir of, of information and it is, but some things they're still behind them. I couldn't figure out why my cholesterol, both HDL, well, HDL was, was very high, LDL relatively high, but my triglycerides were like way below normal. We're talking like 45, 50. And so I looked this up and they're like, oh, you don't normally see that. It must be an abnormality. Turns out when I discover and dig deeper and discover homo IR and I plug the numbers into that. I'm just a really healthy mf right? I could probably stand to lower my LDL a little bit, but but as I understand it, the big deal is when it becomes oxidized or glycating, you know, when I'm eating a bunch of sugar uh, and stuff like that, then it becomes an issue. So as long as I, yeah, TLDR, I figured that uh, I should probably just, you know, cut back the refined carbohydrates and and that has led me to eat a heavily heavy meat diet i'm i'm not i'm not like carnivore right but i'm probably closer to i don't know what what you call it probably closer to paleo i guess uh but but more or less you know big fan of the meat i actually stopped drinking protein shakes because i said let me get my protein uh, from from a source that is more bioavailable and also comes with a bunch of other stuff that you lose when you when you process something that completely the uh, like I love where my health is now and now I can like see the difference in the numbers and that's what I think is the most important thing because you can look at a person and be like boom and all of a sudden you drop dead it's one of my worst fears because I'm like overly healthy and I'm 37 so I'm like I know people who oh, I'm good and then click, not so much. But then you and but I didn't want that to be me. And I also started doing a lot of research into some of what they consider uh well, well the, the, the top causes of you know killers in America prior to COVID, six of ten after seven of eleven top. And all of them are either direct symptoms or results of metabolic uh, syndrome are, are what I, I would say derivatives of them. And I was like, okay, you know, understanding that you can jump, you can leapfrog years of health. Oh, and then, and I got into understanding that, you know, makes you lose your hair. <laughs> People don't know that. It's really, uh, metabolic syndrome is, is, it plays a role in it. Not a significant role. Found that out things. too late, unfortunately. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah. So um, lots but, of stuff, know, but that, that's how all that happened. You know, I know I, we, I probably went down a bit of a. No, no, no. Oh, no, I love it. You know, I love I, it. I, Phil, would you please translate some of the stuff? Because 
Well, Ed, Ed's still over my head a little bit. <laughs> I want to bring out that you're probably, you know, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're the only former boxer with a physics degree who knows what lipolysis is in the world. Um, but <laughs> you know, what's really most impressive to me is you just, you figured it out and you just explained what honestly 90% of my colleagues uh, you know, who deal with heart disease every day, haven't been able to figure out and see, uh, you know, when it comes to the real causes of heart disease. It's uh, it's nuts to me because the, the data is there. Now, uh, I am I, not a doctor, I, maybe not obviously, but I, I'm not a doctor and I haven't gone to medical school, so I don't understand. I don't I don't claim to know kind of what the what the rigors are of the profession or the preparation is like to do it. What I can confidently say, though, is that I think it, there, there's something wrong if if I can find this information. Like, if I understand the reason why cholesterol tends to be higher in people who have heart attacks, well, because the cholesterol was showing up. What's the analogy? You don't blame the firemen for being there when the buildings burned down. You would go, oh, they're here because there was a fire and they were trying to put it out. That's kind of the analogy I remember learning. And I don't remember if I got that from your book or someone else's podcast about why cholesterol is high. And to see that and go, that's that's amazing. Why? Why? And to see all the other research that that confirms this. And then and don't get me started on the on on what I what I consider one of the greatest lies that has been told to the, to certainly the American people, and then it's propagated around the world is how how saturated fat is bad for you and and that by itself actually wouldn't be so bad what is bad is how we crafted a food pyramid where the majority of it uh gives you things that well, that, that, that contribute to heart disease and all and all types of metabolic syndrome so so i think what just happened i mean part of my upbringing part of how i've always lived is I don't expect anyone to save me. And so I needed to go dig and understand this myself. And I'm fortunate, you know, that I'm that I'm not an idiot. And I was born when I was born. So I have access to the internet and and so I can look this stuff up and learn it. And then and then I don't have to wait for uh, go ask my doctor to write a prescription. You know, I pay the money and get my own blood work done, look at it, and and if something's wrong, I take it to him and go, hey, what's up with this? And even still, that, that you know, I, I've we we've had some friction. I'm probably going to change doctors, but uh, that's uh that, that's that's what you you have to be in this world is you have to take responsibility for your own health and life. No one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, that's a big part of uh, you know what I try to get people to understand is that you know health is your responsibility, and hopefully your doctor will help with that. Uh, at a minimum, these days, I say, hopefully your doctor isn't actively interfering with that, um, which unfortunately is too, all too often true. Uh, but ultimately, you know, my role as your doctor is not to make you healthy. You know, my role is to help you make yourself healthy. Uh, Absolutely. It, know, that's it, what people need to understand. And what's amazing to me is not just the the doctors. Because that that's a because I genuinely believe 
they're doing they're acting in their best interest. I, I think most people are in fact. What 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 bugs me is is how much traction certain ideas get and how powerfully they stick around in society. Mm-hmm. Even to the point where where you know one calls into question evidence presented independent studies done that go that's a really bad idea you know there's still people that that prefer margarine and live by the food pyramid and and you know they don't understand why why fat free anything is generally worse for you even if they don't put something in it to make it palatable just removing the fat from something like cheese or milk that's kind of what, what the point is like those are good calories and so if you take those out right you know but but how do we get here how do we get these ideas in our head so it's a big lesson of whether we we you you've got to study and you got to understand that and and then maybe Maybe you can get through, but probably not. Yeah. And that really, you know, brings up, you know, you know, my journey um, was seeing the fallacy in that, you know, theory, that hypothesis first. And, you know, the messaging that went into getting that to hold and, and, you know, looking back, seeing how that was uh, ingrained in me, how I was programmed, you know, to believe this stuff. Uh, and ultimately, I was able to, you know, find that information for myself, by myself, outside of the, you know, medical education system, and ultimately come to these conclusions. And then seeing how that same kind of messaging, you know, is in everything, you know, whether you're looking at, you know, our financial system, our education system, all of it. Oh, it's wild, man. Narrative. <laughs> and, you know, you and, and other guys that I've learned from, uh, you know, who come at it from a different approach and then, you know, come to discover how this affects our nutritional messaging. That's what's really been fascinating to me. I think once you, once you recognize one and it doesn't have to be you don't you don't need more than one you just need one and and the more of it the more of your life this one lie with affects the more powerful you become when you see the the truth behind it and and a lot of us end up on this kind of independent health path or independent money path. A lot of guys, anyhow, certainly in my age range, end up on this because they learned about that they learned the truth about dating and what girls really are interested in, as opposed to what society tells them. And, and that's a big, it's a big deal because that's like the most important thing a human uh, wants to do is reproduce. And if you've been misleading them on the best strategies to do that. Uh, the and and they're like oh, that's why I've been failing. But they said do this, and they said that. okay, no. Here's what you really should do. It works, and then and now now you got to see in your mind, and and it doesn't matter where that see comes from. That's just I think the most popular way for a lot of guys to end up there, whether it's through health or whether it's through finances. Are are even something as is seemingly innocuous. <laughs> as well no no not innocuous as media you know oh you you question one thing you go oh if they can do it here i don't know where else they can do it but here's what i do know i'm not getting results 
at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Do you get results with what you do? That's what bugged me is that every 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 guy I worked with, they told me to they they said do one thing to drop body fat. And because I had already when I when I was a fighter, one of the things that I did before I went pro, I actually had two cage fights. Now I'm already a small heavyweight, but I'm an even smaller MMA heavyweight. Because even though they have, even though they have a weight ceiling, which boxing doesn't, the heavyweight division in MMA, the heaviest you can be is two sixty five, and boxing there's no limit. Uh, there's a ground element, and that completely changes the game. All right. So what I did when I fought both of those fights is I I cut down to to uh, light heavy. Yeah, uh, it's either heavy or light heavy. I can't remember what it's called. The division that has the weight maximum of two hundred five. And both times I did it, I did it in six weeks, and I did it incredibly with with all of my strength and all of my health intact. I didn't do it by cutting calories. I did it by cutting carbohydrates. And I only found out later that this is like keto. But but I know it worked because I maintained all my strength. My endurance actually went up, and I just recently learned why that happened after the initial decline. And and I got ripped. Say it. We had a we had an exercise physiologist previous episode who really knows her stuff, but she's also an expert in the field. I'd like to hear from a non-expert, from just a guy, a layman. Why does cutting the carbs, why, why were you able to drop the weight, keep your strength, keep your endurance? What from your understanding, why did that? From, all right, all right. I, I give you my understanding, kind of the street, the street knowledge, street, uh, street knowledge of this, right? Okay, so so the way I always understood this is that, and I'm going to keep it simple because I, I do know a little bit more now than I used to know. Uh, I always explain it to people: you have two gas tanks. One gas tank is full of 87 or 89, right? That's what it is. <laughs> One gas tank full of 89, the other is full of 93. All right, which means what the 93 is, is 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 burns better. It's gonna, you know, but that 87, that that's that cheap fuel. You can easily get it done. But you got two of those tanks. And what your body prefers to use, unless you train it a certain way, what your body prefers to use is that cheap gas. Because that cheap gas, it comes in, it's easy to break up, it's easy to combust. And it is super, and it, 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 it's easily to, re, to replenish. Uh, your, your tank, right, to continue with the analogy, your tank for holding uh, the cheap gas is is orders of magnitude smaller, but you got the money to just keep popping it in. And, and it's easier to use, okay? But that other tank, <laughs> oh, the problem with that tank is you can, you know, you can, you got to carry that around with you. You can't do nothing with it. Not only can you do nothing with it, because it's so expensive and it takes so much energy to break apart, your body ain't going to touch it. It's going to consider it a reserve until what? Until what? Until that first tank is empty. And then it's going, then it's going to break into that next one. And in that analogy, the cheap gas was, was glucose and the expensive gas. Were, were lipids right and as i remember right it's like what uh, the energy in a fat model in, in a fat particle is like twice as high as a uh, over twice as high as this is the equivalent uh size 
glucose particle. So like getting rid of, if, if I stop bringing in glucose, my body still prefers to burn it. So it's going to burn up all the reserves. And when it's done, it's going to be like, oh, you know, we can make a little bit of this. But now it is energy intensive, much more so than it is to just burn the other stuff. That's like as simple as I can get it. I love yeah, that I analogy. <laughs> the only, you know, the and the only thing that I would refine, I think, you know, where this gets a little bit misunderstood is it, it's not that your body prefers to burn glucose. It's that your body knows that glucose is toxic and it needs to get rid of it. Um, so our bodies prefer to burn fat. And if we just, you know, don't shove a whole bunch of the cheap gas in, you know, our body's going to be perfectly happy to be running on the high test stuff. You, but man, whenever you, you put the cheap stuff in, your body says, I got to get rid of this cheap stuff first because this cheap stuff is going to, you know, ruin my engine. And so we got to get rid of it as quickly as possible. Uh, it is. And that's what it really comes down to. And that gets misinterpreted. You know, people think that because we burn glucose first, that must be our preference. Um, but the reason we burn glucose first is because glucose is toxic. And we need to get rid of it. No kidding. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm reading this book right now. Um, I man, my, my phone, John, my phone, maybe. Uh, he he talks about it, it's this endurance training method, and and his whole thesis is run slow to run faster. And by doing that, you train your aerobic system to prefer to burn fat over sugar. Yeah. And so, so I, mathetone. Mathetone. Right? I, I knew it was M something. Uh, and, and I'm just reading this and I'm like, no kidding. And, and once, once I, I made the connection between uh, the, the nutrition stuff he talks about and why your heart rate stays low if you're burning fat, I said, wow, this is one of the, like, it's one of those moments where you go, okay, you know, you have been, you have not so much been lied to as you have been mis- misled. Mis- misinformed. <laughs> misinformed is better. Yeah. I love that. Reminds me of that line from, uh, from Casablanca where uh, Louis and uh, Rick are talking and Louis says, Why'd you come? Or I don't know if it was Louis or the Nazi. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Why'd you come to Casablanca? Oh, I, for my health. I came for the waters. Right. <laughs> Louis says, for the waters, Casablanca's in a desert. Rick's response is, I was misinformed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's it's so it's so interesting to like once you start looking at that and and sugar is this man, people are really invested, I've learned in their positions. If changing those positions would cost them comfort, and you you see this in you 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 see this no better in 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 any other place but the diet industry, and and it really started to bug me because because I already had my experience cutting weight right and getting shredded and and leaning down and seeing how well it worked. So I didn't. I wasn't coming at when I when I seen seen a lot of the fitness guys selling this and making it a kind of a marketing thing. Oh, you know, eat these carbs, do what you can. Uh, you do what you want. My, my first thought, I said, either you're lying or you're leaving out that you're cutting out because look, nobody's got problems. No, no one's overeating carrots. Like that's not. Those aren't the carbs they're talking about. 
right. uh, you know so yeah are you doing that and and i would have these discussions and a lot of them are friends so i'm gonna you know, keep it civil but i'm just like i can't buy this because i know better from experience you know and so i just went and looked and kept digging kept digging kept understanding and that just opened up um a whole well of information about things. I, you know, I wasn't like looking to understand my cholesterol, but lo, lo and behold, I understand my cholesterol to the point where I won't get a standard test anymore. I go get an NMR or NMR test now. And, and interpret, that... <laughs> interpret. Okay, so yeah, I, I actually I actually don't know what that acronym stands for, but I can tell you what the test means. So, so apparently... It's not just LDL, low density lipoparticles and high density lipoparticles. Uh, it, it is more about like what else, uh, how, what did they break it down into three different, you know, very small, small, and like not so small. And so how many of those do you have? That makes a difference because they're not, because all particles aren't created equal uh, or rather all LDLs aren't created equal. Some of them are, are dangerous. And some of them aren't because some are too big to pass through uh, your artery. Yeah, the lining of the artery. The lining of the artery, yeah. And and so most of them aren't a problem. But if you have too many of the little ones that can, you might have a problem. Once again, Ed, you just, uh, you know, surpassed about 90% of the uh, physicians I, uh, you know, interact with on a daily basis who, who don't understand <laughs> exactly that, you know. And, and, and this is something that I struggle with because, and, and, and lately through a series of activities, I'm, I'm getting a lot more confident in this because, because on the one hand, I understand that to, to, do, a, to do something that you've never done before, you should probably listen to people that that have done it and and have their experience and and so so I'm very big on on listening to the experts in the area where they are purported to be experts, right? On the other hand, I cannot ignore <laughs> the the my reality. I can't do it. So if I see something incongruent with what they say or I hear stories I ask why and I look and I and then I discover perhaps and one of the things that is that has really lended this this movement we'll call it credence is that it's not regular dudes like me creating content around this it's other doctors doctors like you who have said this is not quite right you know, that really helps because if it was, look, if it was just a guy like me and I'm a smart guy, uh, but I don't have an MD, <laughs> you know, and so the first thing they're going to attack is my lack of that. And rightfully so, by the way, I think they should. But when I'm looking at uh, who's another big guy in the space, Paul, I think Paul Anderson, maybe his name, Paul, Paul, Paul uh, some some Australian dude. That's oh. what I know. Um, Australian guy. We've there got are a couple. Lot of them. Yeah, you know, we've got so a lot of them on the show. But there are a lot of guys, and you just go, "All right, we're we're not just talking about about a bunch of bro scientists. We're talking about real dudes with real credentials yeah. who who have who who are putting their licenses and their life work on the line, saying this effectively. Like if they're wrong, uh, then it's it's a malpractice thing. 
Yeah. So what what advice would you have for, you know, uh, the people out there in the audience? And, you know, they come across me and the other physicians like me who are saying, you know, these types of things about cholesterol and, you know, you can eat meat and you don't have to worry about saturated fat. And then, you know, there are other guys with MDs after their name who say, you know, meat is the worst thing you can eat. And, you know, you need to be vegan and, and, you know, it's all about your, your LDL cholesterol. You need to keep that as low as possible. Um, so how does, you know, the common guy start to figure out, you know, which one of these experts they should listen to, because, um, that's really one of the biggest problems I see these days. You know, you, when you, you know, if you get on and you Google heart, you know, how do I prevent heart disease? You know, you're going to see a whole <laughs> lot of stuff from the American Heart Association, and they're going to tell you you need a low fat diet. And hopefully you're going to come across, you know, me or, you know, one of the other guys out Man. there a similar message. And, you know, how do you start to figure that out? I answer that question, but let me tell you, man, about the American Heart Association. Once again, your heart breaks when you learn these things, but you learn them and you go, well, that's how it is. When I learned about the collaboration between the American Heart Association and the people pushing seed oils, I was like, yo, that's wild, man. Like they they pretty much, uh, and I don't remember the story exactly, but I have the general details that are imprinted, which is uh, seed oils were coming up. Uh, you know, your polyunsaturated fats, your cottonseed well, cotton oil, um, or saffron, uh, sunflower oil, all those things, vegetable oil. And they said, well, we need to sell more of this. <laughs> uh, what can we do? And American Heart Association was like, oh, we'll tell people that this is good for your heart health. Never mind the fact that it, that, that it wasn't until we started consuming that stuff, wasn't over, wasn't over a quarter heart attacks until the 1900 after we started consuming that stuff. And then that goes up as our as our consumption of polyunsaturated fatty acids uh, increases. But but that's a that's a side note. That really, I said, I can't trust anything I see from anything even remotely that looks like a government agency where they, they lobby and get money. But... Uh, after that, what can the average guy do? The first thing you have to have your health be number one priority, because if you don't have that, you won't do what it takes because it's, this is not information. This is going to be handed to you that I figured out because uh, you because unless you get lucky and you end up with a doctor that is like on this side of the, the fence. You're not going to get the information. You're going to be given the other stuff. And because you don't take your health seriously enough to educate yourself on it, you won't do more than what they give you. So that's the first thing is you, you're, you, you have to look at your health as more important than anything. Like, because, because, and it is like, I don't care what, what you do for a living. If you get, if you get sick, you have a heart attack, you, you that's it. You're going to be, be down. You have a stroke, be down, right? You get diabetes, goodbye to cookies. You know, that that's, the most important thing is, and if you have kids, man, it goes double, right? You want to have a long, healthy life and not be a burden. So you take your health important. Uh, you make it the most important thing. And then, and then now you've got the motivation to do real research. You've got the motivation to ask questions when things don't make sense. And that's important. You, you've got the motivation to question 
everything. Because look, most people aren't going to be as obsessed with me off the jump, but a lot of guys are going to be offered. What would what, what, what he, you know, I'm, I'm coming into my, my, not quite in my forties yet, but I'm 37. What, what, what starts to happen around now? Okay. So they're, they're going to probably, you know, try and go, Oh, you might need some statins, right? That, that's what my doctor would prescribe. If he looked at my, my cholesterol. Okay. The TRT, that's what the bro scientists are doing, right? So, so, so it's not just the mainstream people getting it wrong. Everyone's kind of missing up because, you know, I, I noticed my testosterone was declining and I actually entertained TRT and I said, wait a second, let me just understand this. Everything else I can understand. So I wouldn't understood it and, and made some changes. And my last reading, it was back into the 800s. And I'm like, okay, so now, so now we're rocking and rolling. Right. But that's because I wasn't afraid to question on either side and not uh, whether question the doctor on that, that statin stuff or question uh, the bro scientists are like, yo, we just get on TRT. Every guy needs it. I'm like, uh, right. There's got to be a different way, better way. So that's the second thing. Don't be afraid to question stuff. And you shouldn't be. But if you're following number one, making your health the number one priority. And then number three is just kind of the the natural out the the natural outcome of questioning everything and making something a priority is once you recognize something and you you feel even remotely solid you, you got to pull the trigger you have to you have to track things yourself you have to be able to go okay but because look man we we live in we live in a great era I can get almost anything. Yeah, not not even almost. I'm pretty sure there's some shady ass doctor that'll just write me a prescription. If I look, if I really needed some pain pills or something, and this is awful, but like, yeah, yeah, no, there's pain clinics in Florida. They'll hook me up, whatever, right? But you don't want to use it for nefarious purposes. You want to use it to acquire things and make a track check check your own blood work so you can see how it goes. Because because once you take that step and you see changes. There ain't shit anybody can tell you because you'll see the results yourself. That's what ultimately led me to question these guys that were saying, oh, you can just keep eating whatever you, you know, you can have your fried carbs and pizzas and be all good. And I'm like, nah, bro, I, I know this because I've done this to myself and seen it work and I know it doesn't work. So I don't know what you're giving. Maybe it's a marketing stick to pull them in on the front end and do a switch around when they get in. But either way, I understand something's off here. And I know that because I, step three, I'd done it to myself. Now, I didn't get to step three within that particular example by following step one and two. I, I you know, I had to make weight. <laughs> but I got there. But once you once you do it, you're good. So that those are the three things I think anyone needs. They need to be, they need to put health number one. They got to question everything. And then when they get some answers that, that looks like they'll work, they got to test them. They, you can't be afraid. Look. Your body, very few things are going to kill you that you can get to make your health better. Like, it's very hard. Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of something. That's a really good way to say it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know very um, few things that, that could make your health better that if you try it are going to kill you. Yeah. So you got to like be that. willing to got to be willing to have a little balls out here, man. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. Right, man. So so just, just out of curiosity, I was like. Let me try this uh, Fentramine. Now, Fentramine, I, I tried it because I thought about the, the cognitive benefits. Very close to meth. Not meth, but very close to it chemically. 
it just so happens that its original use is for uh, dyeing. So let me try it and see where we go. Oh, is that it, it's, part of what FenFen was, Phil? Yeah, exactly. Oh. And, and also, right, what else did I discover? I discovered for you in this whole testosterone argument, right? I discovered that, uh, what is it, HCG does the same thing as testosterone without shrinking your gonads. In fact, we're pretty sure that's the reason why we're expecting a baby. I was on HCG. Uh, so... <laughs> But, but that's the thing, you know, you, you're not afraid. I'm not afraid to test. So you got to have a little bit of a a little bit of a, a maverick spirit because because at the same time, if you're taking number one, well, before you get to number three, you're going to do your research. A lot of it. Like, I'm not just popping pills randomly uh, willy nilly. No, 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 no. Well, whole research articles that I'm probably going to publish on my website that I wrote for myself so I could understand it and I could cite these things. And I, like, I don't, I don't, yeah. There's, there's something that I've never said this out loud, but I know some of the, some of the bro science guys. And um, I remember very clearly the morning in my mid thirties, I was rail thin my whole life. And I ate like a garbage dumpster. <laughs> I just, I could eat anything. And I did. And I ate mass quantities of it. And I never put on an ounce. And I remember a morning when I was 33 or 34. And I felt this little roll around my middle. And I went, where's that? What is that all about? And uh, there's an awful lot of bro science guys who were late 20s, early 30s. And they, they work out like crazy. They're, you know, they really do a good, they, they've made their bodies a priority in terms of muscle and, and, um, the body fat percentage. But I got to tell you, when I was 25, 7, 29, 31, had I been working out the way those guys worked out and I didn't, um, I'd have, I'd have been ripped. I'd have been cut and I was eaten like a, a dumpster. <laughs> and there's something that happens to guys in their mid thirties. So my new rule is I don't listen to bro science from anybody under 35. So that's they, a, hadn't, they, hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't hit that wall yet, but those guys who, who were 45 and 50 and had 10 or 15 or sometimes a lifetime of years behind them, of not taking care of themselves and being in awful shape and then figured it out. Those are the dudes I listen to. Like, I don't know, Philadelphia. <laughs> Generally speaking, you're going to do better that way anyway, because look, well, you know, when you're, when you're young, you can get away with a lot of BS. When you're old, not so much. Your, your 40 year old ah. body is responsible <laughs> for, for cashing the checks. Your 20 year old body was writing. Man, that that's brilliant, and it's the truth. Look, I'll tell you what. One of the things that that I like, I pride myself on. I, I, I just take a lot of pride in this. Is is people do not, and I don't think I'm. I look particularly young, but they don't put me at thirty seven, ever. And that's cool. But but what what that means is I'm just I, I just I don't drink. Uh, I sleep well when I can. I know that's about to go out the window for a few months. I eat well. You you do you know very little little things, 
that that are within your control. What I've learned is that it's very easy to get a person to to do something new. I can tell you, go to the gym and work out, and you can get somebody. You you can really take somebody and, and get them in there four or five days a week. We just say all you gotta do is lift and run, bro. That's it. But if I tell you to stop eating after eight p.m. and limit that cake, like cut that cake out and that, that no more bagels, make eggs in the morning and baking. Oh man, you, the, now you're running into issues. You know, I, it's hard because because that because look, I, I don't think that's got anything to do with the uh, addictive nature of of sugar or anything. I, th- I think it's like any, I think it's like anything you 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 make part of you. If you do it long enough, it becomes a habit, and now you have to exert real energy to to change it and this this makes uh, thinking of it from a physics standpoint if you like look at habits as having inertia it is it is hard to start a new habit to to move something that is rolling right an object that rests you know stays rest but but people don't realize the second part of that is that an object in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by another force and it won't change its direction unless that force uh, is greater in the opposite direction you wish to change it along. So if you look at a habit like that, right? Look, if you if you eating BS, uh, I can get you to eat less of it, but to get you to start to prefer a steak and and to cook it and to, to have that steak over your instant mac and cheese, if that's all you've been crunching for, you'll find every reason to not do it. It's too expensive. It takes too long. I don't like the taste of meat. The food pyramid said it's bad for me. You know, like yo, yeah. come up with anything to yeah. keep that keep that habit in motion. That's an uh, interesting I, way to look at it. Yeah, and I'd love to hear your perspective on the interplay, you know, with the sobriety aspect of this, because you know we we've actually had a couple of guests on who have talked about you know it, the there is a sugar addiction component to it. There is interaction between your metabolic health and your mental health. Um, and, you know, I'd love to get your perspective as someone who has gone through that journey. Uh, you know, it always amazes me, you know, at, at, uh, and I haven't really been to AA meetings, but every time you see something about an AA meeting, you know, there's a, there's a table of donuts there and everyone's (laughs) drinking their soda. Ah, man. Um, All right. Uh, So, so, okay. The the AA meetings I've gone to has always been coffee. So, uh, does that, but. But as far as the interplay of that, right? So, so you got to understand something. You know, once an addict, always an addict. It's just what do you become addicted to? You know, so some crackheads turn into to crazy workout people. Others start a pillow company. Okay, <laughs> I, I said that to say, you know, you were replacing habits. You know, it. What is it? It's five fifty-two. Now this doesn't have caffeine in it, but this coffee in this mug. And, and consuming consuming five six cups of coffee a day, decaf by the way, because I had to switch to decaf. I was going to live like that. Um, that's a much better habit than five six drinks a day. All right. So so what, what, what I'm doing with that is as as is from a neuro what is it from a neurological perspective? I guess I'm I'm replacing the uh, the grooves that were that were carved out my brain from the habit of the, the mechanical habit. 
how the center plays with with changing diet and everything. Well, first, just talk about the benefits of of not drinking. As I understand it, and I could be wrong here, correct me, your body can't do anything with alcohol calories, and it knows that. So the first thing it does when you take an alcohol, all of the burning goes to the back, you know, we go to the back, that line, and then your body focuses on metabolizing and, and exiting, you know, excreting the alcohol, right? So that's some lost metabolism. And then those produce, oh, I can't remember what the words are, but I know they're bad. <laughs> the the byproduct of that metabolism. And you got to deal with that. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes with that. Your body doesn't like it. Uh, and And so not drinking alcohol only benefits you. And that's alcohol. We're not talking about the the anti-testosterone effects of hops, right? Hops are fairly estrogenic, if I remember right. So if you're if you're a beer guy, now you got to deal with that. You know, the, so you got to deal with the already the alcohol is going to lower your testosterone in general, and then you got to deal with on top of it something that is that is patently uh, anti-testosterone or pro-estrogenic, however you want to uh, look at that. So I, I don't think, look, if you drink, whatever, right? But just know that you're paying a cost for that. And, and you know, you can be disciplined with it all you want, but at the end of the day, alcohol is a known carcinogen. <laughs> you know, that's what I always bring up. So you can decide how much you want to play that game, how you want to spend that revolver and, and help. Why it's a carcinogen? Likely due to how it affects your metabolism. Uh, same with, with and, and inflammation, same with smoking. So there's that. But once you stop, you get a lot of clarity. Uh, for me, I got a lot of clarity. It's very, it's been very easy. Because you know, once, once you do one hard thing that requires you to eliminate an old way, replace with a new way that is constructive, it is much easier to do that with other stuff. Like <laughs> other because because now you know, right? Yeah, and, and it's not the same thing. But it's the same way of doing the thing, yeah, and you can the same easily shape of uh, it's the same. Yeah, sa- sa- yeah, uh, same degree, different type kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just been been beautiful because I understand, for example, that I have to stop. I had to stop drinking to make such changes that were important because I took my life important. I took my life seriously, more seriously. That's what made me stop. So once I take my health more seriously, I'm like, okay. Uh, you know what I used to do? For example, I used to, when I was burning upwards of freaking 6,000 calories a day when I fought and I, I couldn't keep weight on. I mean, I had a bottom limit, but it was not the limit we wanted me to fight at. So uh, I would, on the way home from practice, I, I used to buy a box of Ritz crackers, the whole, the four rolls. And I eat the whole thing, get home and then have dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes! You can't do that anymore. And, and I love Ritz crackers. <laughs> love them; they're delicious. I ain't had a Ritz cracker every now and then. Is is a treat on a road trip? I'll, I'll get the little baggies, but the big boxes, no way. Yeah, never in the house. Could could never touch it because I know what I know what to do to beat. And I won't even say beat an addiction. I'll say uh, to deal with a problem that is in the way with between me being my best version and me being who I am now. So I keep that stuff out. All that comes, 
I want to, I want to ask you a question and take this, the conversation in a slightly different direction. It's really cool to have a non-medical professional on talking this way. And what I'm hearing is a guy who's not in the healthcare industry who recognized he had to do something about his health and made some changes, but there's also a commonality with other things in your life. You recognize I got to make a change here and do, I got to make a change here and do. So my question is what what's the what's the common factor that allowed Ed Lattimore to recognize a problem and recognize that you had to make a change and then most importantly be able to follow through you want to know the truth man and yeah i and, do <laughs> okay yeah cuz i struggle with how i'm a, how i'm going to impart this ability to my son i have some ideas but growing up, I never got to entertain bullshit. I, I couldn't do it. And it's not like my parents were strict, you know, well, my mom, whatever. No, it's just that it's just that there was no, you know, when you're poor, you don't get a chance to believe in Santa. Why? Because ain't nobody bringing you gifts anyway. Right? Kind of deal. So so you realize very quickly, either Santa don't like your black ass or he ain't real. It's one or the other. <laughs> you know? So well, with that said, uh, you know, you see a lot, the, you, you grow up the way I grew up and, and what that, what that did for me, one aspect of my personality. And it, it, and I think it does this to every person who grows up like me. It's just, there's other aspects that take them a different way. Uh, but the, but the central aspect is you, you, you understand viscerally. No one has to teach it to you. No one has, you don't have to go to a seminar, write a book, follow some on Twitter, whatever. You understand viscerally that no one's coming to help you with anything. And your entire existence, for better or worse, is up to you. You know, I was probably the only kid that went to his own open house. Because I knew, I knew that, it, you know, my mom wasn't going to go. Right. But I needed that information. I needed to know where I was, where I was at. Okay. I understood that the I I I was the only dude. Well, I went to a city school. They weren't that serious about football, but I was when I played. I was like, well, I got some ability. So I was the only guy in there, making sure I, I five thirty in the morning studying tapes from and trying to learn more. Same with with boxing. Now I have a when I fought, I I took complete responsibility for for my my fighting career. And and I'm happy I did it because there are things that would have turned out differently if I hadn't. And and when you do that, when you when you take full control, when you recognize, okay, no one's gonna fix this, and not only is no one gonna fix it, but if I don't fix it when it goes wrong, no one's gonna be there to explain why I went wrong. It's just gonna be me, right? So it's, and I got stories about that with sobriety. Uh, I, I just I never would let myself believed that someone was coming to help me coming to save me is even how I do things now. Even when, even when there is somebody in the background, that might actually be looking out. Nah, man, I, I understand how to grow my own platform and, and reach out and get people to find me and things like that. I'm, I'm talking to, I'm talking to a publisher now, one of the big five publishers, which is very cool. And, and, uh, 
my agent, well, he's not my agent yet, but he's probably going to be my agent. He, he said, you know, it's really impressive how you managed to carve out this space out of, out of nothing, really. And, and I'm like, well, <laughs> well, who's going to carve it out for me? Who's gonna I got I got to write these articles. If I want this life, like my life looks remarkably like the life I imagined uh, 10, 15 years ago, where I have I have control of my time. I'm not starving. I got a nice, I got a, an excellent shit sometimes better than I feel like I, I, I deserve is the wrong word, but but I, I got I, I, I really lucked out with, with, with the woman I'm with. And and it's 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 a good time. But it all started because you, you got to take control. No, like no one's going to give you a thing. Not only would they not give you anything, if, if you don't have an agenda for your own life. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna put you as part of their agenda, and yeah. the way things go, it ain't it's almost never gonna be for your benefit. It's gonna be to theirs. Yep. And, no, and tell me what you think of this. This this has come to me. Sorry, Phil, but you know this is the this is the latest <laughs> show today. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, still here. I mean that was very you know what what Ed just said applies 100 percent to your health. You know if you don't if you don't have your agenda if you're not managing it you're going to get what they give you and and you know we've said it many times on this show you know what they give you is not good most of us are not healthy uh and that's what you get if you just take what's given to you one of the things that i've realized in the year and a half that that phil and i have been doing this show and i i thought i knew a good bit about the the realities of healthcare, but this has really opened my eyes. <laughs> this idea that that you are responsible for you, nobody's coming to 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 take care of you. And if you don't take responsibility for your own wellness, somebody else is is has made you part of their agenda. If you don't have your own agenda, somebody's made you part of their own agenda. Following up on the, on your thought there, I realized somewhere here along in the last year that um by and large, the, the the what's called the healthcare industry is the disease maintenance industry. Absolutely, and we are not patients to be healed, but crops to be tended. You ever seen the Matrix? <laughs> well, remember, remember that scene when they break Neo out? What do they break him out of? What they actually use the word crops, like. Uh, when they when they're describing uh, all of them, and they, they pull up because we just we're just energy, we're just sustenance for the system until you break out of the system, and then once you're out of the system, oh, you're looking at them, you go, wow, that is fucked up, uh, you know that that's how it looks to you when when you see things yeah. Uh, yeah. after you break out the system and, and you know free your mind, free so your speak. mind, wow. I got to tell you, Phil, once again, I see Ed Lattimore and I think, yeah, he's got a big social media following, but why is he on this show? What are we going to do here? And, <laughs> and again, this has just been so cool. I've just loved it. I, 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 I think that the things that Ed said coming from Ed carry more weight than if they'd have come from a healthcare provider at least for people like me. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why just hearing a guy, I think well, it's just, you know, a guy it's for me, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll give you my, my theory. Why, you know, cause 
you know, I'm I'm just like you, man. I'm I'm a and, and when I say that, what I mean is I am not credentialed. I am not uh elite. I, I am I'm just a regular old dude who's who's trying to not die too early, right? And and when I die, I it'd be nice if I just passed out my sleep sometime around the 95 plus range, right? Uh yep. that that would be ideal. And so that that means like I don't have an agenda, man. I'm not trying to sell you no health. I'm not trying to take care of you. I ain't I can't be your patient. Uh, I, I don't want you to even really find my doctor because uh, then that's less time he's got for me. So, <laughs> so, so it, it's it's a very there's nothing there's nothing hidden, and there's nothing I gain whether you listen to me or not. Now I think you should listen to me, but I, I, at the end of the day, you know well, what's that old saying, man? Which what you eat don't make me shit, right? That's like how <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I, like I I would love to just keep going and going, but I we try to keep this to about an hour. Um, oh wow, an hour has passed, man. Yeah, that, 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 those are the best conversations when you don't even know where yeah. the hell the time went. Yeah, you know, because I'm the producer, it's my job to keep an eye on, <laughs> on, the, on the clock. And these are the kinds of things where I really wish I wasn't doing that, Phil. Any last words? Uh, just another another great conversation. And I think bringing, you know, this perspective to, you know, the conversation we've been having now for, like you said, a year and a half or so on this show. Uh, but this will really, uh, this just brings a, a unique perspective to it that I hope will connect with a lot of people. I, I do too, because, you know, if you look at every metric, and I just learned about the United States, and the United States is a great place to start because our culture is very exportable. It, it's amazing. You want to know how exportable our culture is? I was I, when we were living in Portugal. I was walking through Porto, not the main city, not Lisbon, Porto, and we were just walking through some back alleys. And there was some kids playing basketball, and there's a mirror on the wall that's got Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson, not not Michael Jordan, not Steph Curry. You know, I call her Iverson. And he goes, I'm talking about practice, right? And I was like, wow, what a what a cool mirror. And I took a picture of it. But but our, our culture just get, gets exported, including our food, and with that, our diseases. And if we can get people to understand that you can do something about this, you 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 can, you know, you know, cancer ain't gotta be something that, that just strikes at random willy-nilly, same with heart disease, stroke, all this stuff. You can do something about it. If you get people to at least feel like they're empowered, you can change something. You know, one of the saddest things that I really frustrating more than sad. Uh, my, my mom passed in last, wow, almost a year now. Uh, my mom passed about a year ago. Uh, and she it was it was from complications related to COPD. All right. And COPTBD is uh, something, something pulmonary, chronic, something pulmonary disease. Right. I don't remember what the O stands chronic for. Obstructive. Obstructive. There, Look at there we go. Um, but but, you know, that's like. That's the straw. OK, but well, what was everything else on the camel's back? 300 pounds smoking for over 40 years, drinking, 
uh, no exercise, you know, eating like garbage, just terrible eating habits. And and I used to have these arguments, arguments, arguments. And I said to her, I was like, look, man, uh, you know, because every time I point out this is why she's back in the hospital, she go, no, it's because of the sarcoidosis or it's because of the diabetes. I'm like, yeah, it might be because of the diabetes. I mean, look how you eat, man. You like 300 pounds. Like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> but she, but the, the connection was never made, whether whether she was willfully trying to ignore it or not. She had power to do something about that. Oh, that's and good. So, yeah. So, you have power to do something about it. Yeah, instead of waiting for the doctor to be like, all right, here's some medicine, because that's all it was. She was like, I'm not going to listen to you. Let's the doctor. I'm like, okay, right? <laughs> and, and even the docs are like, yo, you might want to not smoke. You got an oxygen tank. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> you know, kind of do. I'll never forget that day, man. I went over to her house. She had fucking oxygen in her nose, smoking a cigarette. Smoking said, a cigarette. Do like, do you understand how this works? <laughs> like, I had to give her a chemistry lesson on, on why oxygen and fire are a bad idea. And she was like, oh, like, oh yeah, you shouldn't you can do, do that. do one or that. the other, but let's not do them both at yeah. the same time. Never mind that. Never mind the implications on your health, right? You can't <laughs> breathe well, so we're just talking about the safety of every other person in a surprise. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> it. People, people need hope. They need to understand that they can, they can fix this for themselves. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I would love to see if I can do it. You can do it, too. But it's not like I was that jacked up because I was coming off boxing. But that's because I wouldn't let myself get jacked up, you know. Well, I think the 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 subtitle for today's show is Ain't Nobody Coming to Save You, But You Can Save Yourself. Ain't that the truth, man. You've got the power. And I appreciate it, man. This, hey, has I, this has been I, good. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I when I saw when I made the date, I was just like, let's hope the baby's not here. And, and he, he's not. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, uh, and uh uh best wishes on that one. Keep us informed. Yes. Of course, I you'll probably keep the, the Twitterverse informed. Oh uh, man, I haven't I have so it's come up in different whenever an interview, but I will not make a, I have not made a declaration because it's not. You know, you I, I, I'm not like a big star or anything, but I'm big enough to where I have had to do certain things and make certain decisions where I'm like, yeah, my privacy is a little more important. Yeah. So, I <laughs> Well, nevertheless, you've got our emails. So put us on that on that list that says he was born. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It'd be, be exciting. All right. What's the best way for folks to uh, to uh, connect with Ed Lattimore? So I own Ed Lattimore everywhere, man. Anybody who comes with that, that who wants to use that iteration uh, or version of Ed Lattimore instead of Edward Lattimore, they're out of luck. I'm Ed Lattimore on Twitter. I'm Ed Lattimore on Instagram. My website is edlattimore.com. My Facebook, Ed Lattimore, LinkedIn, Ed Lattimore. Somebody beat me to it on YouTube. I'm Ed Laddie one. And I'm Jack Field me. five. And there's, there aren't, there aren't, there's not a one, two, three, and four, but there you go. So I bet somebody's holding it hostage, man, and waiting yeah, for me no to fork over some dough. But like, fuck yeah. y'all, man. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. We'll put those, that contact info in the show notes um, and uh, probably pick up a little more bigger audience there for you, Ed. Well, for Dr. Right. Phil Ovedia, I'm Jack Heald. 
uh, I want to encourage you all to go to ifixhearts.com and take Dr. Ovedia's metabolic health quiz if you hadn't done so already. It's, it's a real simple, fast, and easy way to just kind of get a measurement of where you're at and compare it to where you could be. Ain't nobody coming to fix you. We will talk to you next time. Chances are you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't need to change your life and get healthier. So take action right now. Book a call with Dr. Avadia's team. One small step in the right direction is all it takes to get started. Contact us at ifixhearts.com slash talk. That's ifixhearts.com slash talk.